today's episode, Greg and I are talking to Jan Uriga, a highly experienced CX professional who's going to talk to us about how technology adoption and employee centricity can help improve CX in your company. Along with this episode, you can also download a template to build your own customer experience journey. You can find this template on our LinkedIn page if you search for CX Insider Podcast. I hope you enjoy the episode and if you do, please don't forget to like, share, comment or subscribe on your preferred channel. Hello everybody, welcome to another CX Insider podcast episode. This is Valentina and today Greg and I are speaking to Jan Uriga. Hello Greg and Jan, how are you guys? Hello Valentina, thank you for having me. Hello Greg. Hi Jan, hi Valentina. Uh, Jan, I would like to introduce you a bit to uh, to our listeners. Jan has dedicated many, many years to strategic management consultancy, and he also specializes in innovation management and leadership and corporate culture. Apart from that, uh, you're also a social psychologist who did a research on EQ and Machiavellism in leadership, if I'm correct, which is great because at the moment I'm actually reading The Prince great literature recommended <laughs> I, i don't recommend to use it as a guide but but it's good to expand your knowledge <laughs> yeah. and also you lecture at the Comenius university in bratislava and vienna university of technology i think i think i'm i'm humble when i say it's a quite a successful career that you have <laughs> and hopefully it's not the end well i would like to start off asking you how How did you actually, from being a social psychologist, how did you get into the world of CX? And also, because we've never had we've never had a guest from Central Europe, and you're based in the Czech, Czech Republic, mm-hmm. and the term customer experience, obviously it wasn't invented yesterday, but even today, businesses still cannot agree on the definition itself. So I guess your experience of working as a CX consultant in Central Europe might be completely different because the nature of the businesses may be, uh, they may approach CX differently than what we are used to here in the UK, right? Mm. Exactly. Here in the region, speaking about the CX is like what that abbreviation means. So it took, <laughs> us, it took us a while to really to explain that CX means customer experience, but uh, Here in Czech Republic or in Slovakia, where I'm originally from, we use the English customer experience phrase and that we need to explain and to define what is behind, what is the secret. Because the more uh, English or other language uh, phrases you use, the more uncertainty you bring into the conversation, especially when you climb the ladder. So the up in the hierarchy of uh, leaders you're talking to Uh, the more simple language you have to use. And uh, we need to speak about the experience as something that has emotional and rational thing and the reason why people interact with the other people. So in the business world, why clients interact with the organization. So my journey from social psychology to the customer experience is quite smooth because a social intelligence is about having an smart, meaningful, and good interaction with the others. And before the communication starts, you need to be able to understand, to to have the empathy, to see uh, in what circumstances the entire conversation happens. 
And that is the beginning of any of a good relationship. And I brought this skill and the knowledge from the social psychology research also into the business. In my past 12 years were about unifying the reasons why one tribe of the people wants to interact with the other tribe of the people. And again, that's about the organization and the customer. And hopefully and the, the CX will become not just the abbreviation or the smart slogan, but also the practice. And that's my role to, to promote and evangelize. Mm-hmm. Thank you. In our in our previous call, we were I was asking you about what your CX strategies are based on, and you said that they're uh, usually built on these three pillars: corporate culture and innovation, which we will talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. and also the customer itself. And now mm-hmm. it's a, it's a bit bra- uh, broad topic, so I would like to know: could you elaborate a bit, maybe, and how exactly do you incorporate the focus on the customer when building a CX strategy? Like when you build the CX strategy, should organizations maybe start with the you know, value proposition mm-hmm. or with their competitors? In the very beginning, with the dialogue of the representatives of, of my clients, uh, we speak about what type of business you do. And it doesn't matter whether you produce cement or you, you're a dentist, or you are a singer, at the end of the day, we realize we are in a people business. So whatever we do, there is a someone who creates something, and there is the someone who takes or who, who buys something. So we are in a people business. And uh, if we don't understand the people, we cannot do the business. And basically, the main objective of any business in the world or any enterprise in the world is to create the customer. Maybe about five, seven years ago, when I asked people in workshops, why do your enterprise exist? And they would reply, to make money for our owner or the shareholder. <laughs> and, uh, and we are here to serve, to make money. But uh, maybe during the past two years, I see the uh, very significant change in replying, responding to this question. They say, we are here to create the customer to serve the customer, and the customer will bring us the money. And the journey to create the customer starts with understanding who is or who might be and who is not our customer, so to who we serve and to whom we do not want to serve. And this is the eye-opener for many of the enterprises when they sit and they elaborate on their personas what are the behavioral preferences of their clients, what they want, what they need, what are the objectives. And once they create and display in front of the others the persona uh, template, they see, wow, this is the real people that we are serving here. And this is the reason why my role in the company exists. So once they have the persona, we just jump to another step that is the journey and go step by step how the client interact with their product or the service. And we are not perfect. So on that journey, we can identify a number of speed bumps or or hiccups. And the role of the people organization is to narrow those those barriers or to, to create a seamless experience. And very often we need to create the solution how to 
but to make it narrow. And I call it the innovation. Uh, to find something that even with a very short period of time or maybe with a very limited amount of money need to really close the gap between the expectation and the reality, between the promise and fulfillment of the promises. And the last thing that it is really the basically the showstopper of any customer experience or innovation practices in the company, in the culture. Can you imagine that the CEO has a town hall meeting and he says, the customer is the most important in everything what we do. Five minutes after, when you return back to your office and you turn on your computer and you check your inbox and you see that your finance director is writing you, we need to cut the cost by 10%, no matter why, right? And then you speak to your operational manager and he says, well, we need to optimize uh, thing A because and so on and so on. So after 15 minutes, you're in a completely different game. And uh, this is the thing that has to be also upgraded. It's called the customer-centric culture. And in, in my work with, with my clients or with the, with the companies, I try to focus the client people on those three elements at the same time. The customer experience, then the innovation, and, and the culture. And it brings the a very tangible results. And uh, surprise, surprise, uh, very early. Uh, after the first kickoff, that's really interesting, Jan. The um, I guess one question I would have following on from that is, if we look at, for example, your career that you mentioned, I know that you've been on many customer experience, you know, evolutions uh, with organisations of, of, of various types, mm-hmm. um, and technology often plays a role in that that journey to a greater or lesser degree, I guess, in, in mm-hmm. depending on the organization. But it would be great to get your thoughts on what, you know, you feel, I guess, is the appropriate approach to the use of technology when you're going on that journey of uh, innovating your practices or innovating your customer experience. You know, should every organization mm-hmm. focus on the adoption of new technologies? Uh, you know, in your experience, has the adoption of new technologies uh, played an important role or less so? Yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Well, if you take a look at the something what is called um, high-performing organization, the high-performing organization is the the organization that grows three years in a row at least 5% and both in revenue and the margin, and then they predict also another three years into the future, the same growth in both revenue and the margin by at least 5%. So all in all, the organization grows by one third, by 30% in six years. And uh, neither uh, people nor technology will get crazy. So, uh, and that was the analysis. What is behind that? What is the secret sauce of the growth? And I'm a big fan of data and uh, fact-driven science. And uh, there was a lot of studies, and they confirmed that behind, or the secret behind that organic growth, it's combination of technology and customer experience focus. So there are a lot of companies who believe that the technology is the panacea, is the the syrup or the, the, the pill for everything, and it doesn't. 
And there are the other type of the organizations that believe that only the human touch is something that will help them. And this will bring me into the second observation, which I personally call the technology paradox. What is behind it? Um, when you ask people today, how do they experience the interaction with their providers? They say 75% of the of customers say that they miss the human touch. 75% say, I miss the, someone on the other side of the phone or email or whatever. I, I really believe that uh, the, the, the real human being might be on the other side. If you go inside the organization boardrooms and you ask them, what is your top priority? They say, to adopt technology. So the customers are saying, we want more people business. And they say, no, we want more technology business. And this is the real paradox, or even the the moment that every organization is the adapt for the uh, special Nobel Prize award. What is the sweet spot when the technology really is right enough or just enough for serving their customers? So I don't think there is organization in the world who can survive without technology. Even and no, even the the priest in the church used the digital board to show the number of the song <laughs> to, to the people in the, in the church. But if there is a too much technology, if there is a too much of those things, then the the the, the feeling of being really uh, the customer in the center of attention of the uh, of the businesses is is decreasing, and this is the most of the one of the most dangerous things that I observe. So technology, yes, uh, because this is, we live the technology era. Uh, no, the future is technology, the day we live the technology uh, life. So this is my view, and I'm trying to really marry in the organization people from marketing and uh, IT or technology. So the wedding comes when they start working together and a lot of agile processes and principles are creating that relationship not just good but also happy <laughs> very interesting um i love that description there of a, of a tech paradox <laughs> i think everyone listening to this podcast is going <laughs> is going to quite heavily relate and say ah that's exactly what we face uh so yeah very very interesting and i, I think that's a a uniquely very well put way of putting that, that challenge as well because sometimes very complex challenges are quite hard to distill down but i think you did a fantastic job there of actually distilling that down uh and I'm, like i said i'm sure a lot of people are going to relate to that um i guess uh, a follow-up question perhaps Jan, that, that comes from that from myself would be when we're looking at when when it, well sorry when any organization is looking at the adoption of technology have in your career have you seen um better places to start when it comes to particular technologies you know should you start maybe more at the simpler end and really look at those processes that involve more simple technologies or you know should you go for glory and go for ai and facial recognition and the really advanced yeah. technologies yeah. Have, have you maybe seen anywhere or have any advice to organizations about where to start and yeah. uh, in terms of either complexity of technology or just different types of technology that sort of thing 
Well, um, maybe I'll return back to a persona. The very first step in the organization of what type of technology to choose and adopt is whether that technology will help to solve the problem of their client. So not how to use the technology to make more money, but what type of technology can help really ease the life of their customers, of their client. And uh, maybe if uh, the, like the curve of the evolution that is applied in, uh, in other businesses is also applied in adoption of technology in the CX. So the, the simplicity is the key, right? So the, there is no customer in the world who would say in the feedback form, I would like to have more clicks or I would like to spend more seconds to submit uh, any type of request. No, the simplicity is the king. And there is the metric in the CX that is called the customer effort score. So we measure how simple and how quick can customer manage the, the, the problem to be solved. And this is exactly the role of technology, whether that or a different technology helps to relieve such a pain. And uh, maybe if I again refer to the word simplicity, it goes with a thing like functional web page. <laughs> responsive then uh, that's that's that is the like uh, the beginning of everything uh, a lot of buildings that we see or the skyscrapers that we see they need to have really a very very good foundations is like with the tree and also in the in the tech companies there are a very very strong uh, roots that are not visible and those things are the the strong applications behind stable that if you don't know today, if you would like to vaccinate 10,000 people and you ask them to come into the waiting room, but when 25,000 log in in 10 minutes, entire system will blow up. So that's that, that is the problem that has nothing to do with the, with the meaning of uh, smart technology. So it's better to use combination of call center, web page, and application and offer to the people, choose the channel that is the more convenient for you to use. And once they change the channel from, from the telephone to the chatbot, they should experience a very seamless and very similar experience. So technology and adoption of technology is not a race. Who is the first? Uh, using of technology, it is who is able to attract the customers using it smart. And this is the winning strategy for me. A lot of organizations are, are just maybe they're too fast comparing to their clients. So the, the customers are just, you know, running behind you two kilometers and they just see your bag. But that's not the way how why technology is supposed to serve. I uh, I also wanted to ask because in our previous uh, podcast episode with Gustavo, Gustavo, who's also a CX consultant, we talked about the Herzberg theory of motivation mm -hmm. in use of um, kind of analyzing customer experience expectations. 
But I remember that you and I, prior to this recording, we also talked about Herzberg theory of motivation in regards to employees to whom it was, um, for whom it was originally built. And because you've got uh, so much experience in, in a corporate culture, um, my question is, could, uh, can somehow employee centricity, centricity affect customer experience or maybe improve? And if so, how? Before any company in the world put its product into the customer's hand, it goes first through the hands of the employee. And uh, this is the reason why employee experience must be in the front, at the top of the attention of the, of the leadership programs and talent development programs and incentive programs. Because if the employee knows how important they are in fulfilling the customer needs, they see their job more meaningful. There is another uh, very interesting study said, saying that 70 plus percent of the employees consider their job meaningful if they see the direct impact on the customer. So if, if the organization asks me, we would like to refresh our culture, we would like to give fresh blood into the people's vein, what should we do? I just tell, show them the customer and say, well, but they sit in the back office. Okay, print out the picture, <laughs> right? And uh, very often it happens in consulting business that we are going to speak to after two weeks of um, night shifts and working on the data and the reports and everything. There was one experiment that, that, uh, that put the pictures of the clients on the wall why the consultants were working day and night in the locked uh, uh, workshop room. And then they, every time they raised their heads, they saw the picture of the customer. And it, it, it reminded them, hey, who, to whom we work and what is for her emotion. And it gave them another inspiration and the power to do it. But again, your people must start loving your company before your customers start loving. And unfortunately, today we have very limited access to the restaurants or in this type of uh, uh, services. But you see the difference when the waiter or the waitress come and what type of care he or she offers combining with the food, right? And, and the small miracle happens when he or she is bringing or putting uh, the bill on the table and the bill is in the wooden box with a lollipop the tip that the customer gives is 20% more than without the lollipop, right? So there is a something that small things can change a lot of the, of the thing. I wouldn't call it as a trick. I don't want to make uh, you know, people suspicious that we are you know, not transparent in, in the offerings, but uh, employees can make a very, very big impact of the organizations or you are in a five-star hotel, right? And uh, the, the, the room keeper is busy and maybe he or she forgot to, to exchange the towel. And when you're a five-star hotel, you do not expect not having towels at all. So we pick up the phone, call the reception and says, hey, uh, I missed the towels. Okay, well, we're right there. And before you put your telephone down, someone is ringing or knocking on your door. There is a, a, a room keeper and offers you the towels and plus there is a bowl of the fruits 
And when you're leaving the hotel and they will ask you, what was your experience? Will you complain about the missing pair of towels? Or you'll remember that you have an extra bowl of fruit after 30 seconds after having a call. And this is exactly the reason why we need to please our employees first and then to serve the customer with the same principle that is applied in the plane. So what is, what is, what is said in the instruction? In case that there is the level of oxygen decrease in the cabin, you know it very well, right? So to whom you'll, you're obliged to put the face mask first? On your face or on, on your child? On your face, <laughs> right? Because once your brain is oxygenized, then you're ready to help the other. And this is exactly the analogy I'm now preaching <laughs> to the others through you. Yeah. What a fantastic conclusion as well, I guess, to, to this episode of the podcast, which is that so often we spend so much time thinking about how do we shape the the customer journey online, offline, thinking about the customer experience solely from the customer perspective. But you've just yeah. certainly opened my eyes to the idea that customer experience often starts with your employees' experience. Mm-hmm. Like you say, how do they feel about their role and what their purpose is and the meaning meaningfulness of themselves within the organization? Because ultimately, I guess, every person is a piece of the puzzle that makes up an organization. So... And every piece is is just as important as the next piece, and I guess in 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 this situation for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a that's a fantastic uh, way, I guess, to to sort of conclude uh, this episode. But but Jan, one question I, I I have before before we lose you for mm-hmm. for this episode, which is, you know, as someone who has built a, a considerably impressive career within the CX space. Um, what advice would you give to aspiring CX leaders and CX professionals that are, you know, in the midst of, of maybe starting their career or making considerable leaps in their career? What advice maybe would you give to those people? Mm-hmm. Maybe the first one comes with my my learning, my personal learning. When I made a mistake in the very beginning of my CX career, that uh, in the CX programs. I focused on the money as a as a key metric. I wanted to impress impress internal stakeholders and the shareholders and to become the hero. Hey, look, I'm doing the CX and see how much money I'm bringing into the organization. It doesn't work. There has to be the client, its needs and understanding of of real needs, uh, spoken or unspoken at the real top of the attention. That's the first learning. Focus on the customer. And maybe the second is being in the customer's shoes is not enough. You have to be in his or her skin. Uh, Because if you are in the shoes, only your foot, right? Your feet is, (laughs) you know, uh, in, in the shoes. But what is the rest of the body? And those organizations that they consider themselves to be a customer centric, they move as they customer, they think as they customer, they, they, they cry, they, they smile at the customers. And this brings me to the final conclusion that customer journey is not enough. There has to be a lifestyle journey. Because if you understand what part 
your product or service, it means your company, plays in people's life, that's the real meaning of your organization. The customer journey is just about, okay, how do you interact with me when you buy my bottle or my food or whatever, but what do I mean really in your life? And if we are really courageous to apply these principles and bring it into the excellent level, I have no doubt that you will be at the top of uh, most preferred companies in the world. Wow, that, that that's another thought seeding question for our listeners. Until the next episode, how to create a map of the customer lifestyle. Thank you, Jan. I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please don't forget to like, share, comment or subscribe on your preferred channel. Also, feel free to download the customer journey template on our LinkedIn page if you search for CX Insider Podcast. And I will see you next Monday.